You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Bucks never stop here. You're listening to Green and Growing, hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Nathan Marzion. Hey, it's Sparky Fiber, twelve fifty AM. The fan here in beautiful Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Sparky Radio. Normally, a Thursday would be a Twitter poll question Thursday with Nathan Marzian, Bucks super fan. Uh, but no Marzian today. He has got the day off, so in his place, a guy I've been trying to get. I don't know, Ty. For months, I feel like at Ty Windish, part of the Eurostep podcast, uh, and Brewers GSPN uh, joins me. I mean, I've I've been working hard, Ty Windish, trying to get you on this podcast. You really have. Um, it's not that I didn't want to come on the podcast. To be clear, I mean, pretty much any time someone reaches out and says, "Hey, let's talk bucks," yeah, it's an easy sell. Been moving, been you know all sorts of things going on. You chose her over me. I, I know, know I did. About. That was. I don't know if I'd be around to do podcasts anymore if I said, listen, I'm sorry. I know it's our anniversary, but I, when green and growing calls, so I, I, I apologize. He is more important than you, honey. I'm sorry. I, I apologize. That I, I'm, I'm, in, I'm into self-preservation, so that's, that's my fault. So what did you end up doing? Did you go out for a nice dinner, or what did you all end up doing that night? I think we – I'm trying to remember now. Because um, usually we stay in. Yeah, but I think I think we did go out and had a nice dinner. And, yeah, nice. and you're in Oshkosh yeah. for people that don't know. Yeah, yeah, in Oshkosh. So not as ma- not quite as many options, but still some some good ones for eats. So I have not been to a, a herd game yet. Ooh, not done it yet. Not made the drive to go check it out. Uh, so for people that have not made the drive that are listening to this and not been to a herd game yet, I've only been to Bucks games or whatever, or a Marquette basketball or Badger basketball. What would you say the environment's like? What's what's is it family friendly pricing? Tell me all about the, the herd action up there. Yeah, I'd say it's extremely family friendly, both from a price perspective and the entertainment. I think despite, you know, obviously not having the same resources as the Milwaukee Bucks with being in the G League and, you know, Paris Bass versus Giannis, or I guess more <laughs> apt Alex Atetokounmpo versus Giannis and Thanasis right. Um But I, I think they do a really good job. There's a lot of entertainment during stoppages of play. Um, there's usually some sort of halftime show, whether it's, you know, a band, a dance group, some such thing like that um they they the tickets i think are very affordable i mean i'm lucky enough to be credentialed so i've only actually bought tickets a couple of times but you know we're talking 
I, I want to say you can get in for like 20 bucks or less a seat oh, usually. Um, there's about 4,000 seats. They built it small. So that was very purposeful because some G League teams play in big arenas. They don't fill up and then they feel dead because of it, even if it's the same people. That building fills up most nights. I mean, I, I always expect, oh, it's a Wednesday night. The weather's kind of crappy. I don't know if anyone's going to be at this herd game. And, and it fills up pretty much every night that I've seen this season. Do they uh, use even, it for concerts at all? Yeah. Yep, concerts uh, on off nights. You know, I, what I've heard is they, they get people on their off days, so it's basically just extra revenue for the artists as they go through the Midwest. They can pop sure. over to Oshkosh and get an extra show in. Um, so I've, I haven't actually been to a concert there yet. I want to at the Oshkosh Arena, but the, um, the experience is really good, and because it's a smaller built arena, there's really no bad seat in the house, and there's a lot of energy, I'll say, for those games. And it's an enjoyable product. I'd recommend anyone to go to a herd game. As yeah. I just think it's a great time. I'm going to have to give it a shot. I've always liked the intimate venues where yeah. it's a smaller amount of people versus the gigantic baseball stadium or something mm-hmm. like that. So I bet you concerts in that place are probably pretty cool uh, as well. All right. So the other thing I wanted to ask you about the herd, you can tell I'm not a G League guy at all. Um, roster wise, like, yeah. is it easy for a fan to get behind players is it the roster is it somewhat similar or is it completely different year in and year out it's pretty different year in year out um there was a lot of continuity between i think the two chase buford seasons but that's pretty rare in the g league because they're battling kind of a similar issue to the WNBA in some ways except the seasons overlap versus off season for WNBA players but the players can usually get more money going overseas. So usually it's either just not wanting to go to a different country and, you know, wanting to stay closer to home or the guys who just think they're, they're close. They're really close to the NBA and they want to have NBA eyes on them. Cause of course, NBA teams are much closer, easier to scout G league versus, you know, someone overseas that that's much more of a trip. You have to purposefully do that. Every then 28 teams now in the league have a G league team at the moment you know, they all have their front offices between the two are more interchangeable. I'll say you'll see kind of people rise and, and go back and forth and you'll see a Bucks contingent at certain games. Sure. So there's a clear benefit there. If you're in the G League, you're just getting more NBA scouts eyes on you. And you I've know, seen other scouts come and watch the herd as well. So that's the real benefit. But year to year, you're, you know, it's more about remembering guys from college or other places, I think, than, you know, five years in a row, someone's going to be on the herd. I, I just thought of something. I don't know why I didn't think of it sooner because probably because I'm a little bit slow sometimes. <laughs> but this whole G League Ignite thing that the NBA is doing with the high school kids. Yeah. Wouldn't it be more beneficial if the kids that were playing in high school played to the, played at the nearest G League team and city? Wouldn't that make more sense? So if like a Halliburton or a pool – decided yeah. they didn't want to play college ball and they wanted to play G League, they could play right there with the Herd. Obviously, it would help to sell tickets for the Herd game in and game out going forward. You'd still have the G League experience. You'd still have the coaching. You'd still have everything that goes along with it. To me, that that makes more sense than putting them all in the G League Ignite and, and, and treat it like a traveling circus. Yeah, I think the, the Ignite part, part of it is obviously just getting them the experience and bypassing college. There's also a lot of programs that the team does together for learning how to be a pro. Right. The coaching staff especially picked out just to help players develop, really. So I think the idea is instead of, you know, 
who knows what the environment would be like on a on a random G League team if you just dropped a high schooler and like would they play? Would they be you know fostered the right no, way? And, that's got to be part of the deal. No, 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 yeah. no, no. That's got to be part of the deal. If we're going to do this, in my opinion, right. in my opinion, it's got to be okay. Halliburton to the herd because he's a Wisconsin kid, or Jordan Poole to the herd, whoever. Yeah. Uh, and the deal is, you, you have to play the high school kid twenty minutes a night. That's it. Yeah. He plays more than that, fine. Minimum is 20 minutes a night going forward, and anybody has a problem with it, then you can go play overseas or whatever the hell you want to do. Because at this point, that kid is going to be the draw-sell tickets. So if somebody's bitter about it, too bad, so sad. But that kid's got to get the experience going forward. Maybe I'm crazy, but I think you would have people driving to go see said player play for the, for the herd if they were some you know star player in Wisconsin one way or the other. Yeah, and I think if you're not going to do that, it would be nice if the Ignite team, and this is tough with scheduling, but did play in every market every year, which they don't. Um, But it was a big deal when they came the season before this one. Michael Foster, a Milwaukee kid, was on the Ignite team, and there was a lot of media there and a lot of fans for him. So um, it, it would be nice to thread that needle, I think, a little better and make sure that the hometown kids do get to play, or at least, you know, Maybe and maybe they do this, and I'm just not aware. But build the schedule so that if there is a Wisconsin kid, he plays in Oshkosh once or twice yep. per season. I think that would be that could work as well. But I get that they want to keep them all together to kind of you know have one coaching staff and developmental program that you can just get all the players versus needing 20 or so um, different ones across the G League. Yes, Ty Windish did plan on talking uh, G League basketball, but here we are. Uh, follow it. him on Twitter at Ty Windish. Uh, all right, next thing. I want to talk about uh, the guy that I can't stand and I can't stand a lot of people let's be honest uh, uh, whether it be athletes or normal human beings uh, but JJ Redick is definitely near the top of my list of guys I can't stand so mm. I don't ever listen to his podcast I stay away from it so anytime something happened on that dude's podcast I see it on Twitter um, and I saw I'm sure you probably saw it too Bobby Portis on his podcast yeah I could not believe what I heard come out of Bobby Portis's mouth and for those of you that didn't hear it, you can go find it and listen to it. But pretty much Bobby Portis just says, hey, man, I was a free agent. Asked my agent what about Milwaukee. He was like, hey, I got no money. Okay, cool, whatever. Then he comes back. So he's got a couple teams. I'll give me two-year deals. Bobby Portis goes, what about Milwaukee? He's like, what is your deal with Milwaukee? Portis is like, dude, do you have Giannis's number? Somebody have Giannis's number? I want to call Giannis. Okay. So they get him Giannis's number. He calls, hey, bro, man. You don't know me. I don't know you, but I think I can help you win a championship. And as Bobby Portis puts it, six months later, they win a championship. We give John Horace all this credit for Bobby Portis and how this whole thing played out. In reality, John Horace had nothing to do with it. Like Bobby Portis, general manager, got Bobby Portis player to Milwaukee and got that deal done between him and Giannis. Uh, and that was that. I don't know, man. That blew my mind. Like I've been a Bucks fan my whole life. I've never heard of anybody. <laughs> Anybody telling an agent, I want to go to Milwaukee. Yeah, but I can get you more money here, longer deal here. Yeah, I don't care. I want to go to Milwaukee. I think I can help them. Like, never in my life have I heard such a story ever, Ty Wittish. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, 
turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yeah, we had heard, I think right around the time he was signed or that first season, it was mentioned that he called Giannis, but the story had never been relayed in that much detail since then. So it is pretty wild to hear him say it. And to think about, as, as you mentioned, a player, you know, not not recruited by Milwaukee. Nope. I mean, I it's rare enough. That. It's rare enough for the Bucks to sign anyone worth right. a damn, quite honestly, in the yes. franchise's history. But to have a player not even recruited, like just he reaches out. And I think the way he put it was there's multiple offers. There are two years with a team option, though. So it's yep. basically one year deals. And Portis, who had had lucrative contracts with the Bulls and Knicks, just like, no, like I want to play for more. And he said that a lot that first year. And, you know, then he does sign for another small deal. And then he re-ups on his current deal, which is big. Bigger, but still not, you know, maybe not as much as he could have gotten elsewhere. It really does show you how much, he, how badly he wants to be a buck and has wanted to be a buck for years now. And it's just a great, it's a great story. And it really just, I don't know how people don't root for Bobby Portis. I know people worry about the defense and everything else, but, you know, I think that guy, I think his heart and his mind are in the right place when he's on the basketball court. When the Bucks had their big three, I don't know how old you are, but when the Bucks had their big three with Robinson, Ray, and Sam, you know, their glue guy was Scott Williams. And when they decided to let Scott Williams go, <clears throat> after he was wrongfully suspended by Stu Jackson, when they decided to let him go, they go and they get Anthony Mason. It's a disaster. And they didn't realize, I don't think, how much of a glue guy Scott Williams really was with that team. Do you think Bobby Portis is a similar type of glue guy, possibly with this Bucks team? Now, this locker room is far more stable than that those crazy mfers were back in the day i mean that locker room was completely split right i mean you yeah. had glenn and sam faction against the ray and michael red faction and that whole deal that was a, and then you had the circus ringleader in george carl the court the carl factor yeah. right and carl carl loves chaos carl yeah. does, george carl if you never talked to george he does not like quiet happy things he mm. wants chaos he wants guys Furious on the edge george. of their seats uh, and that's how he likes it. He doesn't like peace and quiet. That's not how he thrives as a coach. So he loved that stuff. Um, so that was a big deal for that Bucks team. Do you think Bobby Portis is that type of heart and soul glue type of guy for this Bucks team? I mean, I, I don't think I wouldn't say glue guy, but I think he is their energy guy. And I think that's probably the biggest you know, non-basketball value add is there's always, especially in home games, there's always a different energy when Bobby is in there. And I think the fans and the team pick up on that a lot. But as you say, I feel like, and I think Budenholzer is probably the polar opposite of Carl in that way. I think those are the things he probably detests. And But I think, you know, the chemistry with Giannis as your best player, Bud as your coach, your other two stars, and Chris Holiday, uh, Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday. I just combined them there. That'd be a, that'd be one one nice that'd player. That'd be a great player. Yeah, yeah even better. But um, all of those guys, I think, are, are just so like family team centric and and you hear it every time someone joins the team they talk about it's really like family focused like their kid everyone's kids are hanging out like we just want to win a championship that's it i think they could chemistry wise 
take the hit of losing almost anybody. I mean, obviously, if you lose Giannis, nothing matters. But um, I I just think that group and what they've built and the culture is so real that I I wouldn't be worried about that, even though anything would hurt. I mean, it hurt to lose PJ a lot, and I think they kind of reeled from that. But I think they're just built in such a way that they they just find ways to overcome. I think their resiliency is what stands out most over time about this group. You brought up PJ. Take that championship roster, take this roster. I think it's clear as day this is a much better roster than what they had that championship year. Agree or disagree? Agree. Agree. And, you know, I think you have to factor in Dante, who was a, you know, a starter who they lost, as well as P.J. I think there's a tendency to only look at P.J., but obviously Dante was there as well. Um, but I think you look at Grayson Allen, who is divisive, but – a good offensive player, a good shooter. I think has made strides in his physicality. I think Jay Crowder, it, I don't even want to compare them yet because I need to see a playoff run with him on the Bucks first. But certainly you can see why people will compare him to P.J. Tucker, even though they're different players. He's a better offensive player than P.J. for sure. Certainly, certainly is. And it's going to give them more points no matter what, I think, even when the shot is off, which it right. will be at times. Bobby Portis, Javon Carter, some depth piece. Uh, Bobby was there, but uh, Javon Carter is a depth piece. Joe Ingles. Um, Joe Ingles as well. We'll see what we get from him. So, yeah. Not I Dragic. Think Dragic, we'll see. Uh, I'm not sure how much we'll see of him, but I'm kind of just sliding him in in the Jeff Teague role for now, yep. which I think he's going to, he's set up to do that very nicely, honestly. Yeah. If he can get healthy. brought that up on the last podcast, comparing him to Jeff Teague and kind of what yeah. that role is. I'm still blown away that that dude's a buck, man. I don't know about you. Like, that dude has done nothing but just hate on Milwaukee forever and a day. The fact that that dude is a Milwaukee buck right now just blows my mind. I'm not I'm not against it. Like, yeah. veteran leadership, a guy that knows how to get down and play dirty, whatever you got to do in a playoff series, and bring that grit and that fire. And that I mean, that's who he is. That's who Jay Crowder is. That's who Ingles is to a degree with his trash talk and a mouth running. I mean, th- these are guys that – to be honest, aren't really like Giannis or Middleton or Holiday. They're kind of opposite of those guys. I think it's nice to have that other side of things to get guys going. I agree. It was a sliding glass doors moment for me to see Dragic and Javon Carter laughing on the bench together that first game he was with the Bucs in Washington because – I mean, that was like the choice and it's such a kind of almost a surreal moment to be like, wow, these guys are on the same team now after Brooklyn is still paying Javon Carter more than the Bucks are this season, That's I believe, crazy. letting him go. And then he signs with the Bucks, and, you know, fits in so well right away. And now they end up with Dragic, too. And the Nets, who we'll see tonight, are just kind of a smoldering husk after the KD and Kyrie and, and then Harden situation resolved. So just a really kind of weird, weird way for it all to come together. But yeah, I mean. You know, I'm not going to assume a bad coaching decision, which I think a lot of people are doing because of the Hill Carter stuff. I I don't think Dragic is poised to come in and steal minutes from anyone. And having depth is good. And I think at the point guard spot, they did need an extra guy. I, uh, I, I think Mikel Bridges is going to be a stud, man. I do. Oh, yeah. And Marzian laughs at me when I bring up the Harding comparison because Harding was buried in Oklahoma City, got to go be the guy in Houston and blew up. He never does that in Oklahoma City. Uh, with, yep. with the roster that they had there. And I th- feel like now Bridges is now in that same spotlight of, okay, I can go be the guy. Uh, I don't know. I, I think the Nets are going to be okay going forward. We'll see what it looks like yeah. in the next couple of years. 
I, I mean, especially the way Claxton is, and he's going to be out tonight as the Bucks play the Nets. Right. Unfor- I mean, fortunately for Milwaukee's winning odds, but unfortunately for the game itself, he's had a really nice season and really impressed me. So I think you look at him and Mikhail as building blocks, a lot of vets. I think they can flip. They're, they're going to need, I think, a, an upgraded guard, a younger guard than Spencer Dinwiddie to pair with Mikhail. But I don't think the Harden thing is crazy. I mean, I think it's it's obviously optimistic, but he's scored 30 in how many games now? I mean, we've seen the tools on display consistently. Like, that's a really nice player. And, and I think I, it's kind of got me reevaluating already how that trade looks. And it's unfair to put Katie's injury in there. But all those picks and Mikhail Bridges for a guy who had his eye on leaving the, a lot of the time anyway, you could have certainly done worse than the Nets did. He has his eye on leaving every time he walks into a locker room to go to a different locker room, and that's a lot of problem with people uh, with KD. Okay, so I got another one here. Uh, This is uh, a fun one. So I have a sales guy here, Shannon, uh, and he loves your podcast and listens to you all the time, right? Big fan. Appreciate you. So I told him, I said, hey, man, I got Ty on today, so you you want me to ask him anything, whatever. Uh, And he said, yes. So here you go. Are you ready? He says, ask him since Pat's jersey is already going in the rafters, who from this year's team, if they win a championship, should have their jersey hung in the rafters too? He said he'll understand it. Mm, so That's a great question. No, um, I, well, but you need to clarify for those of us that don't know what the hell he's talking about. So, so Pat Connaughton, the, so are you not a Pat Connaughton guy? No, I'm a big. So during the Nets series in 21, okay. when he was one of the only six guys, I think, who was playing games yeah. by the end of that series – I said on a podcast, like game five or so, like well before we knew they were going to win, if they survive this series, or maybe it was after the series, but if they get through this series and win the championship, Pat's jersey has to go in the raft. Were you drinking on that podcast? Probably. Okay. Yeah, okay, that's serious. That's, that's fine. But I, I've stuck with it. I've stuck with it since, and he resigned, and that really helped because if he doesn't resign, then there's just no chance. But, that's right. Um, but then um, – Obviously, we're assuming like Giannis, Chris, Drew, and I think Brooke Lopez. Yes, like I'm just core they guys. Can't put all of those guys oh, up yeah, there, man. Oh yeah, you can. Oh, they For can't. Sure. They've got a For million sure. jerseys already. They all that, can't go up. Man. I, I am not gonna. I'm not gonna sit. I'm like they put the Dauber up and Ricky Pierce and all these guys. I'm not gonna hold those decisions against the current guys. Um, and I think the Bucks have done that. I think they took like it's ridiculous how long it took them to put Marcus Johnson's eight up there. That was that a hurt should have been up. Marcus Johnson thing. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, was, yeah. Was more than basketball. So, um, but but that that but I, I think those four, and then we'll put Pat aside. It gets tougher. I, I think those four, the core four. I mean, this they've been here the whole Budenholzer era, um, and he's in this. Uh, We'll see. Maybe they'll get another one. Maybe they'll get more than one. But I think if guys win two rings as starters, you know, top four players, I think that should do it. Especially, you know, might be 50 years before we see another team that's willing to do all that. It gets hard after that. I mean, I, I think you've probably got to look at Bobby Portis at that no, point. No, 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 stop. The four is hard. Forget going back. Oh, five. Forget Pat going back Lopez. No, stop. No. You've got they're, Pat. They're not going to put – no. So let's go over this. Okay. So Giannis is going up. Yeah. Agreed. No, that's not debatable. I think if they win another one, Middleton is probably Chris a Hall is of there. Famer. Chris right. is our Hall of Famer. Yeah. But I think, he's, I think he's already there. Yeah. I think if they win another one and he's averaging 21 or whatever else, yeah. I think he ends up being a Hall of Famer to the demise or to, you know, everybody getting pissed off at me for saying that. But I said the gold medal helps. Yes. If they win two and he's got that, I think he's a Hall of Famer. Holiday, I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer. 
I think he is underrated with fans. I think players know how good that dude is and always I, give him love anytime you bring him up to a, uh, another NBA player. So I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, it's going it, it, to hit him. Drew or Brooke? I don't know. Brooke, I think, is going to – I mean, it would help Drew if he could ever get a defensive player of the year, but I don't yes. think he'll be able to in Milwaukee because the rest of the guys are so good. I don't think any buck is going to win this year. Maybe Brooke Lopez – Maybe like if in the next two years Drew could snag a, a defensive player of the year, I think that would help his Hall of Fame case a lot. But he may get another gold medal. I mean, he was Chris was there. Drew was really instrumental in the U.S. getting the gold this past summer. So I think another one of those would help as well because we do know international competition is highly valued. Um, but for the number, the jersey thing, I mean, obviously it's maybe it could be seen as a little ridiculous. I would say the Blazers, I think, did like six or seven from their one title team. So there is a precedent for, I mean, Orlando retired six for the six man. Miami retired Michael Jordan's number despite him never playing there. There's worse ones than guys who actually helped you win championships. So, But I, I think it would have to be Bobby. I love Javon Carter. He'd have to play like 10 more years in Milwaukee, I think. No. Or just continue. I mean, if he ends up a starter, but if Bobby helps him close out another finals, I think he's the only other guy that I could. To answer the question, I'm not caping for this now, but to answer the question, I think it's got to be Bobby. Oh, my God. We need to get you a real radio show. Thanks, Shannon. We need to get you a real radio show because this stuff, I mean, it's getting lost in the podcast. Well, I don't have any radio show right now. Yeah, well, if you get one, if someone has one. If we get radio shows back on the air here, we have to get you on the air. Okay, so I'll go back to content for a second. Definitely not not a content fan. But having said all of that, we were talking about this on the last Green and Growing because somebody on Twitter asked us about playoff rotations and Mm. what we thought minutes would look like for the different guys on this Bucks team, right? So then I brought up the Suns game two uh, finals and went through what the minutes were in that one, right? And yeah. I don't think you're going to see Middleton playing 40 minutes. I really don't uh, in the playoffs. I think they're going to protect him. I don't think they need to play in 40 minutes. Um, I think Giannis probably going to play as many as Giannis wants to play. So if he wants to play 40, he's going to play 40. Fine. Uh, Drew Holiday, I think he probably plays somewhere between 35 and 40, more than likely at this point. My question to you is, does Connaughton end up in the playoff rotation? And how much do you think Connaughton plays in yeah, the playoff rotation? I think he does. Um, I, I think this year it's been tough for him shooting the ball. I don't know if it's injury-related or what. We've got a large sample of him being a plus shooter now. And I still trust that he's going to figure it out when they need him to. And I'm hoping we see that. Hoping we see it starting tonight against Brooklyn and then for the rest of the way. Um, but I think they trust him on both ends more than a lot of the other options. Um, that's why... He's kind of always factored in. I just think for as and I understand people look at him and see an unremarkable player on both ends, but I think he's not he's good enough at enough things that he can't really be schemed off the floor. And that's his true value of like just being versatile and able to play against any team. Whereas like not saying that this player is is that Pat's better than this player, but Brooke Lopez is instrumental against Philly has a hard time against Boston, right? Bobby Portis, we've seen some games, some matchups. He's not able to do as much. Um, Grayson Allen, uh, we'll see. Hopefully he holds up better. But some of these switching teams, like they found more joy on Grayson um, than they have on Pat. So I think that's Pat's strength and why he'll probably always be in the rotation to a certain degree. Now, 
Do I think Jay Crowder maybe will take some of that shine? Probably, but I think both guys will play because I think at the end of the day, there's just going to be series just the way the NBA is now against teams that are just, you know, they have their big apex wing players and they're going to hunt switches. And I think there's going to be minutes for Pat and Crowder to survive that. Maybe Pat closes less because of Crowder, but I think they're both going to play. And I think to your point about the minutes in each game, what we typically see in the playoffs, I think the Bucks definitely do this. They might play nine, ten guys in game one of a series. In in game one of a series. I think it's kind of a feeling out process for both sides. And we'll know going in who we expect to do well or not well given a certain series. But, you know, if game one, you know, against, I don't know, the Sixers, Javon Carter's doing a great job on Tyrese Maxey and Harden's not able to take advantage of him, maybe that's a guy who does play in a game six or a game seven. And you just kind of whittle it down from there. So I think early you'll see those guys playing more like 40. The stars, I mean, play more like 40. By late, I think we see Drew get up to mid to high 40s. Like, I think it it creeps up and the rotation size crunches down. So, you know, I think there's a lot of guys who will play in game one of these series. I think we're probably going to see like seven, maybe eight who are playing by the end of each series, just based on who's the better matchup, which is a big luxury. I mean, the championship year, they were trying to choose between Bryn Forbes and Jeff Teague. Yeah, Bryn Forbes got a lot of run, way more than he should have ever have gotten in his life. But you just look at what the other options were when Dante went down and they just weren't there. So I certainly feel better playing Grayson or Javon Carter or Pat Connaughton than Bryn Forbes or Jay Crowder, of course, as well. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Ty Windish, follow him on Twitter at Ty Windish. Of course, Hero Stuff Podcast. Brewers, GSP, and lots of Brewers baseball there. All right, let's go over a tweet that Ty had earlier. Uh, it's been so long in NBA years since the Bucs had a meaningful first seed that it's almost a foreign concept to me. Ty Windish, please give me the definition, your definition of yeah. meaningful first seed. I think they've only had one of these since. Did they get? Were they the first seed ever in the Big Three era? No. Oh, they probably only had one of these since like the eighties. No, then I don't think so. No. Um, a meaning. So basically, it's just saying the bubble was not. They have they've had two one seeds under Bud, and it was 2018-19 when they lost to Toronto, yep. uh, a series that I think people just remember as like a young team not being good enough. So pissed. they were I'm still they were so that close series. that game. They, they won the first I mean, two. I'm doing the post game show going get out your brooms. This baby is over. It's never never done. do that. There's no but, chance. It's done. What is Toronto going to do to come back? It's over, and they lost the next four. The game. You look at game three. They were so close to going up 3-0, and there yes. was a really shady out of bounds. People don't remember this, but anyway. That was a legit one seed. Toronto had to go through Milwaukee, and they did. And Kawhi Leonard was the best player in the playoffs that year. 2020, they tore up the league even more. They were so great that regular season. But by the time we get to the playoffs, COVID is hit, and we're in the bubble. And it just oh. didn't matter. No one cared anymore. I mean, they beat Orlando because Not only was did you have COVID, year. but then you had the incident in Kenosha as well. Yes. While that, they were in the bubble. So you had multiple things going on with George Hill and everything else. And just, I mean, no home court, no fans at all. I mean, it was really, I don't want to relitigate the whole, does that championship count less? I don't even care anymore it about does. it. But it does count less, yeah. Probably, yeah. yeah. But Sorry, uh, but no, no one needs to apologize to the Los Angeles Lakers yeah. ever. Um, the Miami Heat fans that want to hold on to that forever, you know, it doesn't matter to me either about that. The Heat are just like cockroaches. They were <laughs> one shot away from winning the East last year. And I look at that team and I go, they're, they're out of gas. I don't, Bolster, I don't know. Man. I don't know how they keep doing Jimmy. I think Jimmy's Jimmy just a well. winner. But 
Um, but that that was not a true one seed, and like you, they know no one went through Milwaukee, no one went through anywhere except Disney World. So, and then the last two years, they've been I think three seeds both times, or three and four, whatever. No, three. I think three seeds both times. Um, and it's like this year, especially where I look at the East, and I think. Philly has impressed me lately after I didn't take them seriously earlier. thought they played really well in Milwaukee and, and got the win. I thought the Bucs didn't play well. But, but it's Harden and Doc in the playoffs. I mean. It is. It is. Harden's playing well, though. And I think he will fold. But I still, he's still, you know, he's still a great player sure. at times and has yeah. that upside. And Embiid is great. And so getting the one seed now, you know, you get the benefit of going through Milwaukee. And you get, if those two teams, as expected, stay two and three, only one of Boston Philly. And I think the Bucks have had really hard paths the last two years. You know, Boston in round two, Brooklyn in round two. Avoiding a series like that, I think there's no lower seed in the East that is like Brooklyn or these other teams where it's like, oh, they could be a problem in the first round, like there maybe is in the West this year. It's really like, okay, Miami or Toronto, that's fine. Good teams, good defenses, not on that level. And then the second round, you're looking at Cleveland or the Knicks. Again, good teams, but I do think there's a top three. And I think avoiding the other two of the top three and then hosting whoever comes out of that side is a huge advantage. And I can see why I don't think they're gunning all out for the one seed. I think they're resting maybe a little less than I expected. And Giannis sitting tonight aside. With that um, hand pl- soreness, wherever the hell that yeah. came from. Well, we've, had, we've known about the wrist. And I think, you know, you see the Nets sitting Claxton and a couple of other players. And maybe the Bucks go, yeah, Mikhail's good. We got that Drew Holiday guy who's not a bad defender. We can get through this. Let's let Giannis rest up for this West yep. Coast trip. That's what I'm hoping. I don't obviously don't know for sure. But... I think they want that one seed. I think there's a clear advantage. And, you know, the Nuggets lost last night. There's some space right now between Milwaukee and Boston. It's it's theirs if they can keep winning games at a high level. Is there a team you just really want to see them smash in the playoffs? Boston. Me too, man. I'm it's so gotta sick be. of that team. I'm so yeah. sick of that, man. I've just had my fill of that, that whole thing. The other thing I want to bring up to you um, is on the, uh, on the Western Conference. Real quick, yeah. and we can wrap it up. Uh, so I talk about this all the time. So my 16 year old became a Kings fan several years ago, gave me a bunch of NBA jerseys that he wanted for Christmas. And by the time he gave them to me, it was like uh, two weeks before Christmas, whatever. So I'm on NBA.com. I'm trying to figure out what jerseys that, and, and his size done fit, done fit, done fit. Finally, I found the Darren Fox Jersey. I'm like, okay, this was one of his guys. Fine. Get it. He opens it up on Christmas and goes, okay, I'm a Kings fan going forward for life. Let's go. I was like, really? He's like, yep, that's my team. Whatever happens, happens. I'm going with the Kings. And wow. sure as hell, he watches the Kings game, listens to the Kings games, and he's all in on the Kings for like the last four years, whatever it's been. Um, and all of his fans, all of his friends give him crap and all that. But I have Ken Barkley on. We do a bonus podcast with him every week, me and him from You Better, You Bet, part of the BetQL network. And we, so we talk betting and odds and all that. I'm like, dude, has there ever been a more disrespected two or three seed yeah. than the Kings right now when it comes yep. to odds of getting out of their own conference? Like they, They're like second or third worst in the West, and they're the damn two seed. It's At this point, be and nobody believes in them, and their offense is on pace to like break NBA records. Like I, 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 now, again, defensively, horrible. But yeah. I, I just I can't believe how disrespected they are from a betting perspective. 
It's a little wild. I mean, at the same time, I do get it. Because I think you look at the West right now with KD's injury taking him out potentially through part of the first round, which is obviously hugely dangerous for Phoenix, given how scattered the West is. Um, The Grizzlies are a total mess, and that's part of why Sacramento now does have a shot at the two seed here. The Lakers got a better team. Can LeBron get healthy? Can AD stay healthy? A lot of questions. The Warriors... You know, I really think they're going to lose in the second round if they end up fourth because they're just going to win all their home games and lose all their road games. I've never seen a disparity like this. They have seven road wins and seven home losses. It's March. It's insane to see a split like that for a a supposedly good team, a title-defending team. And then Denver is, you know, maybe not the favorite. I think they are the favorite, actually, although I don't know if people totally believe in Denver either. But it's just the defense for Sacramento. I just think there's a belief that you just can't win in the playoffs if your defense is that bad because the offense gets harder for everyone. Go back to the Nash-led Suns teams. I mean, they didn't have no defense either. Uh, And, again, they never finished. But they were able to win playoff series. I mean, at were. this point, I feel like if Sacramento wins a playoff series, it's going to be an upset, even though they're the yeah, two seed. I think it will. And I'm rooting for them, too, by the way. I would yeah. love for the Kings to make some noise. I think that's the most fun West pick. The, the Kings upsetting, like, the Clippers, who would we see another 175, 174 game? Maybe we yeah. would. Um, them beating the Lakers would be hilarious. Some, they, I know their fans, especially after what happened around the same time the Bucks' big three was, was getting jobbed, I think they would really enjoy beating the Lakers in the first round. So I would root for that for sure. But I also see why people don't think they'll get out of the conference when you've got Kevin Durant, Nikola Jokic, Steph Curry, LeBron, and then Fox and Sabonis, who have been great players this year. But, you know, they're going to have to defend. And maybe they can. I'll root for them. But the West, I just, I can't wait to see it. Because I think unlike the East, that first round is just going to be like just really phenomenal matchups all over. Because there's just not that much it's not it's not a top three seeds and then the rest that's for sure yeah i rami makaloff uh he used to do uh the afternoons here in milwaukee with the big show and then had his own show in the afternoons he does afternoons uh with cattles on the sacramento king's flagship station in sacramento um so him and i are texting all the time he's like i think you care more about the kings than i do and i'm on the <laughs> station i'm like that's probably true whatever um and i just always said if herder gets hot in the playoffs they can win a round and he goes i yeah. think they can win two rounds if herder gets hot and herder's caught fire here in the last week week and a half or yeah. so shooting the ball from outside and he was horrible in the month of february just trash from outside yeah. i think he was under 30 percent um so but again if if he gets going Malik Monk has shown in spurts that he can be unbelievable off the bench. There's a lot. The one thing they don't have is they don't have a rim protector. Yeah. And that absolutely kills Sacramento, obviously. Ty, tell everybody about uh, all your podcasts and all your great coverage that you got going on. Appreciate it. So GSPN, the Eurostep Podcast Network, we got Bucks, two Bucks podcasts on one feed, the Eurostep Podcast Network podcast feed, wherever you listen to this great show, which you should subscribe, rate, and review, by the way, wherever you're listening. I've never told anybody to rate and review our podcast ever in the do history it. of the podcast. That's a they, thing. They're all going to do it now. Oh, yeah. People, they, the, algos, the algorithms love rates and reviews. Really? But, oh. um, and if you're looking for Packers, We've got Talk of the Tundra. If you're looking for brewers, we've got Cruising for a Bruising. Uh, we've got Make Time for this for TV, film, and everything else. So you can find links to those and every all of our Twitter, everything at gspn.info. Or like I said, search it up wherever you listen to this fantastic podcast. Dude, you got dedicated dudes, man. Rohan's on vacation, and he's writing in the sand. Like, yeah, that's that's pure dedication. That, that he won't that, stop. We're yeah. supposed to. Well, I, I can't say too much. We're working on a, 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 a nice guest, and 
I, we're trying to schedule a call and yeah. he's like, I'll do it on vacation. Like a, like a logistics call. He's like, oh, I don't care. I'm like, Rohan, you're in, you're in the Caribbean. You don't need to. He's like, I know. I don't care, bro. I'm going to watch the games. I could maybe do a podcast. I was like, Rohan, go on vacation. What are you talking about? That's good though, man. That's what it you want. Good. You want yeah. guys with that passion that that love doing this stuff. You know, that's what it's all about. And that's what makes podcasting good. You yeah. have passionate dudes that love what they're doing, love the teams that they're covering, and there's no tie-ins to anybody where you gotta watch what you say or somebody's gonna get mad yeah. at you. Like none of that stuff. It's it's a beautiful thing. And do you know yeah. what I love the most about the Green and Growing podcast? What's that? That I don't gotta talk about freaking Aaron Rodgers. I love that the <laughs> absolute most because I'm ready to lose my mind on that dude. Uh, okay, Ty Windish. Follow him on Twitter at Ty Windish. Nice and easy. Of course, go give us podcasts. Uh, listen, all very, very good stuff. Ty, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate you uh, coming up. Really appreciate you having me. We'll have to talk again soon. Oh, I can't wait. Playoff time.